After what could very well go down as the greatest weekend in NFL playoff history, we look both forwards and backwards to the key end-of-season showdowns. And of course, mock draft season has officially began. This is Beyond the Blitz. Good afternoon, morning, or evening, everybody. Blitz crew back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and special guest today, we have a familiar face on set now, Ayende Roberts. Hey guys, what's going on, man? It's good to be back. It's good to have you back, my guy. Ayende used to be a regular on our show. We moved around a little bit, and what better way to kick off the new semester than have an old friendly face on the show? So Ayende... First thing we're going to do, quick rapid-fire 10 questions going to be thrown at you from news and trendy topics going around the NFL right now. So the first question I have for you, are you ready? Yep, let's do this. All right. Question number one, is the Patriots dynasty officially over? Yes and no. The Patriots dynasty as we know it is probably going to be over, but I don't think the Patriots dynasty as a whole will be over. I feel like the Patriots will be fine. Um, If they move on from Brady, they'll be okay. Um, I just what we know as the Patriots dynasty is not going to be the same as what we will see in the next in the upcoming seasons. Sticking with the Patriots, bouncing off that, will Tom Brady return to the Patriots? And if not, who will he go to? He's definitely not returning to the Patriots. I think he's done so much for that franchise. He can wipe the slate clean, move on to um, newer pastures. Um, as to where he's gonna go, I don't know. I kind of would like to see him go to the Chargers. I think Philip Rivers, he's done. I, he's done a lot for the team. I mean, he's hasn't gone to the playoffs a lot, so why not get a quarterback who has had six Super Bowls? So you're confident enough to say that he will definitely no. It's be not definitely. It's definitely not a, okay. <laughs> uh, definite. I would like to see it. I don't think he's going to, but I would like to see him go to the Chargers. Okay, going on to a powerhouse on the other side of the league. Was this Drew Brees' last chance to get another ring? Absolutely not. The Saints team is just was firing on all cylinders. It's just there was a lot of things that happened in that game against the Saints, which we'll talk about later. That just the Saints couldn't come back. I think this Drew Brees and the Saints will be fine. They'll they'll go back to the playoffs, and I think if they pay with paired with another team, then maybe they'll go get their ring. Moving on now to the draft, Tua officially declared for the NFL draft. Is he a first-round pick? No. I think that while he played really well in, in, in his team, I feel like with the injury, I feel like that's going to hinder a lot of people from wanting to draft him first. I think he'll go, if he's not first, he'll go early second. This is the 100th year of the NFL. What is your all-time favorite NFL memory? Oh, man. There are a lot but if I have to pick my favorite memory, it has to be the Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary against the Detroit Lions. That throw, I did not think it was going to uh, be caught. And then Richard Rodgers came out with the catch of his career. <laughs> oh my it gosh. was insane. Um, yeah, I, I still have that moment replaying in my head every time I see that Packers team. It's just... You, you, that's where you see, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers has something special, and that team has something special. They just need to have everything together. It's a very controversial season that we're about to put behind us as far as when it comes down to rules, officiating, and so forth. A couple changes being offered to the league are things like overtime rules, officiating changes, playoff seedings, the way all that all works. Which one of those things do you see as the most likely to happen soon, and what changes do you think are going to be made? 
I think we're gonna go see uh, see some overtime changes. I feel like that was been the biggest complaint this week, this weekend, the uh, the wild card weekend was that. Uh, I've heard a lot of people on Twitter, uh, sports media, was talking about how the overtime rules just don't seem very fair to both teams. Both, um, it's because you you know how overtime's first score wins, and it doesn't really give the teams much of a chance. Uh, the other opposing team much of a chance to try and make a play. So, like, let's say Bills Texans, for instance. There's no way the Bills could even try to remotely come back if the Texans score. Let's say they score a field goal. It would be what it would be sixteen. It would be nineteen sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. And then you then you would have the Bills wouldn't be able to get a chance to try either score a field goal to tie the game or to get a touchdown, which would have won them the game. Well, with the rules now, if the first team that scores gets a field goal that has a drive, then the other team has a chance to get a field goal. So with the way that they have it now, I do feel that like it's fair because if the defense can't stop them, then do they really deserve a chance on offense anyway? But I, I feel like that's the only change that I can see that actually happening soon. I feel like officiating and playoff seating, especially playoff seating, is going to take a lot longer to make any notable changes. For me, I think officiating is the number one thing we have to look at coming into the next season because this year was absolutely atrocious. The year before that wasn't any better. It's just getting worse and worse as time goes on. And just too many close games are decided by bad calls. And it's slowly destroying the league and a lot of the fun that many fans see along with it. Now moving on, bouncing around everywhere, keep keep you on your toes, Ayende. Derek Henry single-handedly beat the Patriots. Is he the best running back currently in the league, and do you think he can repeat his performance against Baltimore? Did y'all hear that stat that they um, released uh, during that game? In his high school career, 12,124 yards absolutely insane and yeah you were absolutely correct derrick henry basically he put the team on his back the the titans will probably win and won that game but derrick henry man they just patriots just couldn't stop him do i think he's the best running back in the league i say judging by his performance absolutely if not the best he's at least top three he can he do it against the ravens i don't know the ravens defense has been very solid as of late. I don't know how they're going to do against the run game. I know they I know they stack pretty well against the pass. I don't know that they'll be able to stop the run, but I know some players have been saying that, you know, their focus is stopping Derrick Henry. It starts with the front seven. And I feel like if they're if they're really going to do that, I don't think Derrick Henry's going to have the performance that we saw in New England. After watching the Bills Texans game this past weekend, Josh Allen's absolute breakdown in the second half to pretty much put his team in bad situations time and time again. The question is, where did this come from? And is Josh Allen actually a good quarterback? This this was a heartbreaking game to watch. I profess this was the Bills game to win. Bills should have won this game. And it was, I think it's just Josh Allen just got, I think, too hot for himself. And he caught that one touchdown. And I think that's really, he was sort of feeling himself during that first half. And I feel like that spark just, I don't know what happened. It was just, it was gone. And then just kept making dumb plays after dumb plays. And just, I think Josh Allen's a great quarterback. I think he's good for that. The bills. It's just, he needs to be consistent with the bills. I think in my opinion, Josh Allen's second half performance against Houston that past week was one of the worst I've ever seen from a postseason quarterback in recent memory. He has a long way to go before the bills will have any success with him under center. Hmm. Moving away from the NFL for a quick question. LSU or Clemson, national championship. Oh my gosh, LSU easy. 
LSU easy. Yeah. The LSU offense is absolutely amazing. There's no way Clemson's going to stop that. I will say Trevor Lawrence is going to put up a fight in this game. I don't think LSU is going to win this game very easily, but I can definitely see them either getting a very early first quarter lead or pulling away in the fourth quarter. I could very well see in the next five years the argument of old Manning versus Brady is going to be Lawrence versus Burrow. How awesome would that be? <laughs> I think that that's going to be a fun rivalry going to the NFL because I do think both of these young talents will succeed immensely in the National Football League. Finally, just a quick little question right here. Interesting little tidbit. Yes, this is real. State Medical Board of Ohio is considering a petition that could qualify being a Browns or Bengals fan as an official medical marijuana condition. What do you think of that? That's hilarious. I refuse to believe that this is real, except that it is. I think that it may be because the way the Cincinnati Bengals performed 2-14, and 14, that's abysmal. At least they're not the only 16 Browns. And hey, Browns didn't have a great season. They put up some big wins. They got a big win against their vision rival, the Ravens, who are, you know, top of the AFC. Um, I think this one is just coming from uh, fans just really sick of having a terrible, terrible franchise and having trying to be fans of a franchise that's not consistently producing winning records. Um, do I think this is over the top? Absolutely. Just like I think burning jerseys for a p- player leaving is over the top. Um, I think it's a funny story, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere because it just it just seems silly to me. Ohio fans act like the Bengals and Browns is all they have. They have a lot of good franchises down there in Ohio. Ohio State's always one of the best competing champions in any sport, yeah. really. It's not a bad state, just maybe for NFL. It's a good overall football state when it comes to high school as well. So moving on now, Justin, going to hand this over to you for our wild card round recap. Let's go with this wild card round recap. Most likely the best wild card round weekend ever. Can you guys agree with me? Absolutely. On that one? Easily. I mean, just the two overtime games alone for me show that this is a close weekend. Also, every single game was decided by at least eight points. So fantastic. So we're going to start... With the first game, we talked about it a little bit. Bills-Texans. Texans getting the overtime win against the Bills, 22-19. to Guys, what are your thoughts? This game came down to the last play, uh, I guess, as overtime usually does, with Deshaun Watson's crazy Eli Manning helmet catch style play where he just got out of a pancake sack, went out and picked up a huge chunk of yards to put him in an easy field goal range, which, in my opinion... Falls on the Bills not being able to make a play. They had a sack literally gift wrapped to them. How how do you miss that tackle? Wrap up. Neither one of those players wrapped up. Anyway, <laughs> I think that the Bills lost this game rather than the Texans won it. No, I absolutely agree. Like like I said before, this was the Bills game to win. They made too many Aaron um, plays. They didn't do like you were just saying. If you see you have a sack gift wrapped for you, and then you just completely miss it, and then you get um Deshaun Watson gets right in good field position for a field goal that's and that's inexcusable you have to be able to make those tackles especially in crucial crucial games like in overtime where the next score could win the game I think for me the last quarter of the game show you who your best players are the first three quarters of the game all I could hear is where's JJ Watt 
why isn't J.J. Watt playing well? J.J. Yeah. Watt's back. All I could hear is J.J. Watt, and I was like, please be quiet. I don't want to hear about J.J. Watt. And then he shows up in the most critical moments of the game. I think he got like a sack or a sack and a half for the team. He was dominant in that fourth quarter. I think he was definitely one of the players that changed the game for the Texans, getting that sack against Josh Allen, even though he didn't play too well for the Bills. I definitely think J.J. Watt had a big deal to do with the Texans getting this win. And it says a lot when you think about the Titans the previous weekend when they got basically shown up by the Titans at home and then they come then they come back and getting a pretty dominant win. It, it, you call it dominant if you want, but the Bills really they they screwed up so much that uh, the Texans had every right to just go in there and win the game. And then speaking of the Titans, they went into Foxborough and got a 20 to 13 win against the Patriots. Does this show more about how good this Titans team is or this Patriots dynasty possibly just falling apart or just at least having one of the worst seasons we've seen from the Patriots in a long time? I think it's a little bit of everything that you just said. I think that this Tennessee team is good. I've been saying it on and off all year long that if this team can compete on a consistent basis, they're one of the best teams in football. And finally, finally, after going 9-7, and seven, almost missing the playoffs, they come up with one of the biggest upsets of the decade in the postseason. And finally, we're seeing some consistency, which has been missing from this team all season. And if they can ride this high, they might not lose. This is a team that could go all the way if they play on a consistent basis. If Derrick Henry is getting 20-plus touches a game, you know he's going to produce. I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter what you're doing. Eventually, this kid will break a big run. And that's the way the Titans are going to win ballgames. And they did exactly what they needed to do against New England. And Mike Vrabel, what a job he's done down in Tennessee, rebuilding this team, making them compete, and Ryan Tannehill stepping up when and where he's needed as the starting quarterback for this team Maybe we could have another Nick Foles situation on our hands. I don't know, but I kind of like this Tennessee team. One name, Brett Kern, had the play of the game with with a punt at the one-yard line. Like, that all, and like you were saying, it was both, the Titans are being a really good team. Again, we talked about Derrick Henry. Dude's unstoppable. He is nigh untouchable. But you also, the Patriots, this has been one of, if not the weakest Patriots team that we've ever seen. Yeah. Tom Brady is throwing balls and receivers are not making catches. Julian Edelman isn't making catches. I think it's Neil Harry. Like, do you, you had a couple of great throws that could have gotten you into, if not good field position for a field goal, or get you into a position to where you guys could score a touchdown. You could just hand the ball off to Michelle or um, or James White. But no, you dropped those passes. So, And the defense, while it's good, secondary is really good. Like, secondary is really good. Front seven, not, not, not anything mm-hmm. you can write home about. So it's sort of a mix of both, but I do put more on the Titans. Titans team has been really, really good. I think the Titans out Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, with Mike Vrabel, a former Patriots player, coming into Foxborough and beating him the way that Bill Belichick did. That series, when he was intentionally having his players false start so that the clock would stop and then would start again, and I thought that sequence was just hilarious, went back and forth so they wouldn't call timeouts or false starting and being offsides on purpose. I thought that was hilarious, but it just shows The players and the coaches that were under Bill Belichick, they are learning from him and they are growing from him and they're starting to beat him. I think um, what out of his last like 10 or 11 losses, more than half of them have been to former 
coaches that were underneath him. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why the Titans got this win. And now we move on to the NFC Vikings getting an upset win over the Saints 26 to 20 in overtime. What are you guys' thoughts? If you are the Green Bay Packers, you are smiling in the Vikings' general direction. Vikings just played really good football. Stefan Dix coming in extremely clutch in the last bit of the game. And then Kyle Rudolph just getting that snag in overtime to send the Vikings once again beating the Saints. My game of the weekend. Easily the best game of the weekend, I think. I think it was a much better performance from both teams than the Bills Tetsons. The other overtime game was. Both teams looked like they belonged where they were. And I was telling you guys before we started recording, this Saints-Vikings matchup is almost like a rivalry. Every time these two teams meet up in the postseason, we get something crazy. This year, we had overtime. The year before that, when they played, there was the Minneapolis Miracle. Before that, it was Bounty Gate. It's always something very interesting that happens with these two teams. It's always a close game. Both teams always play well. I mean, no one on this team of New Orleans played bad, necessarily. Taysom Hill stepped up. It's just the Vikings came out to play. And that day, the Vikings were the better team, and they earned that win. And Kirk Cousins finally earning his paycheck. Yeah, finally proving to the world you can he can win the big games when he needs to win those games. Yeah, that Vikings defense stepped up. That Vikings defense looked like the way it did when they went to the NFC Championship two years ago. I could definitely see them making a run. The way that Kirk Cousins is playing right now, he's earning that contract. Definitely earning that contract. And then we have the last game of Wild Card Weekend. The Seahawks going into Philly and getting a 17-9 win with Carson Wentz being on the sideline again because of an injury. What do you guys think? That hit, I, I feel like that was a dirty hit from Jadavion Clowney. Easily, I feel like, yeah. That, that he should at least get fined for that hit. Um, besides that, Josh McCown coming in, he, he didn't put up like crazy numbers, but he he I think he did really well with what he was given. But at the end of the day, Seahawks just, they came out to play. They played a lot better. Um, running game was practically non-existent. I like how we all talked about Marshawn Lynch coming in to the Seahawks, coming out of retirement, and we're like, oh man, Marshawn Lynch is going to be crazy. And what he got six yards that game, and one of them, and one of the five of those yards was his touchdown. That's kind of like not what we expected to come out of Marshawn Lynch. But at the end of the day, when you got guys like Russell Wilson, then do you really need like stellar running? I don't know. I think that's about what I expected out of Marshawn Lynch. I didn't expect him to come back from, will he retire? Will he won't? He keeps doing it on and off. Like I didn't expect a crazy performance out of him. He's not who he used to be. We're not going to see a beast quake part three. No, he's not who he used to be. I don't expect him to really produce for this team. Neither do I think uh, the Seahawks do. I think he's just there for depth and for leadership. He's a goal line back though. That team. Yes. And Absolutely. as far as Philadelphia goes, um, people are like, well, why did they put McCown in instead of Southfield? Like, Southfield isn't bad, but McCown has experience. When it comes to playoffs, experience is everything. Right. McCown may not be the best, but he is a very experienced quarterback. He's been in the league a very long time. So that's also the way Philadelphia started to look at things. Yeah. They just weren't the team that they needed to be this year. They probably shouldn't have even really been there. We mentioned playoff seeding changes right. earlier in this podcast. I just, this was an expected win for Seattle. I expected a bigger win, yeah. but this was just another decent game as far as one of the best playoff rounds we've seen in a very long time. It was still a one-point game, and you were still, even in the last second, could Philadelphia possibly do exactly. this? And, yeah. you know, Seahawks won. 
Yeah. Seahawks got the win. Russell Wilson played fantastic. I think him and DK Metcalf both put the Seahawks on their back. But I have to give it to Josh McCown. He played a fantastic game. He played his heart out for that team. Uh, I could I saw something where he was crying in the locker room because of how well he played and how much he wanted that team to win. He never played in a playoff game before this game. Yeah, this was the it, it, it's the first time he's ever played in the playoffs. This and is for really? just yes, and this just for coming in and playing the way he did. And he ran for like 10 or 15 yards in this game. He had like a 12-yard run mm-hmm. for like a 37-year-old guy. That shows that he wanted to win. Even though they didn't win this game, like Josh McCown, I have to commend you for the performance you had in this game. So now we're going to move over to Hot Takes with my man Brandon. All right, everybody. It's time for Hot Takes. Coaching carousel has been going round and round as a lot of teams have finished their season for good. Uh, There were five teams that already have vacant positions open. Four of these five teams have signed their head coach. The New York Giants hired Joe Judge, the former Patriots special teams coordinator and wide receiver coach. The Carolina Panthers hire Matt Rule, former head coach at Baylor University. The Cowboys hire Mike McCarthy, ex-Packers head coach. And the Redskins hire former Panthers head coach, who's been fired earlier this year, Ron Rivera. Cleveland, you're up next. What do you guys think of these hires? Who is going to have the most success next season, and who's going to have the best career with their respective team? I don't know. I think me, Justin, you and I talked about Ron Rivera uh, being Redskins head coach, and we saw the press conference that he that he that was held. Dude really wants to play, wants to coach this team. He there's, and when you have somebody who wants to coach a team, even a team with a lot of talent and a lot of potential, like the Washington Redskins, that shows me that this Ron Rivera is going into this landover and is going to make that team into something special. I feel like he is going to have the next, the most success next year in terms of best career. I don't know. I'm I don't want to say it, but I'm probably gonna go with Mike McCarthy. I mean, you he brought the Packers a Super Bowl. Um, he has gotten to numerous uh, championship games, I feel like. And he even just uh, was talking about keeping some of the offensive coordinators from uh, off the offensive coordinator from the Cowboys. I feel like that's honestly a Mike McCarthy thing to do. So I feel like he's going to have the best career with that team. But in terms of next year, Ron Rivera, hands down, is going to have a really, really great season. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on who's going to have the most success in 2020. It has to be Ron Rivera. The fact that you spent a day with Joe Gibbs going through the Redskins organization. And in his press conference, he seemed excited. He was saying that this is going to be basically a player-first organization, that he's going to focus on the players. And it just seems like he's really into this team. He said he analyzed this roster, and he liked it. If you analyze the Redskins roster, which has talent, but is really depleted at some areas, and you say you like it, There must be something that we don't see that he sees. So I feel like he's going to have a lot of influence with who they pick at GM, which is going to have a lot of influence with who they get with the second overall pick in the draft, which we will discuss towards the end of this podcast. But who they'll get with the second overall pick in the draft, who they'll get in free agency, he's going to have a hand in this team. And because of that, I think they will have the most success in 2020. Overall, I think Matt Rule with the Panthers is probably going to have the greatest career. If you look at his stats with the college teams he's been with, starting with Temple, 
He started two and ten, and then went six and six, ten and four, and then ten and three. With Baylor, goes one and eleven, seven and six, eleven and three. The Panthers already said it's going to be a process. I don't see the Panthers winning more than five or six games this season. Two or three years from now, I see them going to the playoffs most likely. When the Saints might be out of the picture because Drew Brees retires, I can possibly see the Panthers rising up as the NFC South champion, possibly, because of the way that Matt Rule runs his teams. They go from worst to first in a matter of two to three years. So I can just see him being one of those coaches that allows this Panthers team with a new owner to do whatever it needs to do to get the win. And whether that's getting rid of Cam Newton or keeping him, that's just something we'll have to see. Panthers have a lot of holes, and Matt Rule is going to need a long time and a lot of patience from his front office to keep him in the position he needs, to build the team he needs. I agree with a lot of the things you said. It's going to all depend on how patient the Panthers are willing to wait. Yes. Um, as far as when a team hires a former already NFL head coach, a lot of the times I'm kind of skeptical about it because a lot of the times it doesn't work out. If you're a head coach and you were fired from a team, you were fired for a reason. Yes, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl, but... Was it really him or Rodgers? Because they had that same team for a while, and they were making some boneheaded decisions and moves and plays and whatever. And a lot of the Green Bay issues came from Mike McCarthy. I think he's a fine coach. I think out of all of these coaches, he will have the most success in 2020 because out of these teams, Cowboys are the most complete. However, I don't think he's ever going to take this team to a championship. I think it's just going to be another dead-end regular 9-7 type season. I think Ron Rivera, like you said, he wants to be there. I still think he is a good head coach. I think Carolina may have made a mistake in firing Ron Rivera. So that's what I said kind of switches itself. And that's because Ron Rivera wasn't ready to be fired. Yeah. Carolina has a lot of issues, like I was saying. Matt Rule's going to need a long time to fix it. Ron Rivera wasn't receiving the support he needed to fix the problems. And I think that Washington is on a team that has a lot of young talent that hasn't been utilized. And Ron Rivera knows exactly how to utilize these talents. And if Jordan Reed can stay healthy, we know Ron Rivera likes his tight ends. Yeah. As far as Cleveland goes, I think they're going to hire someone completely out of left field. I don't think we're going to be able to predict who they hire because I think it's going to be a mistake. Because that's what Cleveland does. They make bad decisions. I think I can definitely predict. And it depends where they want to go. Mm -hmm. If they want to go defense and say, all right, defense wins championships. We're going with defense. You have to go with Robert Sala from the 49ers. I just love his enthusiasm and energy on the sideline. And you, I can just tell he loves his team. Uh, I would love to see him go there. But if they really want to develop Baker Mayfield, you have to have Josh McDaniels as your coach, in my opinion. And also the fact that he said when he was a kid, he grew up in the Cleveland area. His dream was to become the Cleveland Browns coach. If you actually want to be the Browns coach, I think it would be a good fit for him. Now, will it work out? I don't know. But I just think one of those two coaches would work out for the Browns. I feel like Josh McDaniels is going to be the one that I would personally move, move towards. I feel like the Browns feel like they've really spent a lot of like getting Odell Beckham Jr. You want to develop the offense. You want to, and I feel like being giving putting Josh McDaniels, who was New England Patriots offensive coordinator, I feel like that would do wonders for that team. I don't think they're going to be super good. I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to trying to compete in that division, especially the way the Ravens are playing. And if they continue that streak, then who knows? But I think Josh McDaniels is the other one. I do like um, what you said earlier about the if you're defensive minded, then yeah. I would agree with that, too. Josh McDaniels is definitely the most obvious, but he's not leaving New England. I'm sorry. When Belichick retires, McDaniels is that guy. He's turned down head coaching jobs before, and he'll do it again. 
He doesn't want to leave New England. He likes where he is. So as much as Cleveland might want that, I don't see him ever leaving New England. Also, what you said about Cleveland hiring someone from left field, the Giants hiring Joe Judge. Yeah. Who is Joe Judge? And it was interesting, like, looking at, um, like, shows like Good Morning Football and, um, like, stuff on NFL Network. It's interesting to see who Joe Judge is. He was a former player, I think, at Mississippi State. Um, then was a kindergarten teacher for P.E. at one point. And then comes out of that, gets a job at a no-name D3 school. Then comes from that, and he coaches under Nick Saban. And then after that, gets a call from Bill Belichick. He has coached under probably some of the two best coaches to ever coach in their respective leagues. So what what do you guys think about Joe Judge coming to New York? He's also the Patriots receiving coach, which is incoherently the position New England really struggled with when it came to crunch time. So I don't like this hire. I don't like anything the Giants front office has done in the last five years. I think that... It's a very toxic organization right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this one. Um, I remember reading the Giants that were having talks against Jason Garrett, and and <laughs> yeah, I'm on. Well, I'm glad that they didn't get Jason Garrett, Coach Clap. I, Joe Judge, I think, is going to be okay. Again, like you were saying, the wire, being a wide receiver coach for a Patriots team that has a problems at the receiving core, that sort of doesn't look good. Um, but I feel like he'll be okay. Now we're going to move on to predicting the divisional round. We just said, what an amazing wild card round. Let's see if the divisional round will be similar. So first game we got, we got the Vikings visiting San Francisco. Who wins this game? Give me the 49ers. Minnesota's had its luck. I think it's about to run out. I like this Minnesota team, but I like this 49ers team even more. Yeah, I feel like the 49ers are a lot stronger team than the Vikings. As much as I would love the Vikings to come into Levi Stadium and get the win, I don't think they're going to. I'm going to have the 49ers win it. Let me tell you guys a very interesting stat. So the Vikings opening drive fumble, it may actually be a good omen. The last three teams to lose a fumble on the opening drive of a playoff game went on to win the Super Bowl. The Eagles in 2017, the Seahawks in 2013, the Ravens in 2012. I'm picking the Vikings to win this game, mostly because I love making very bold predictions on this show but also that defense just looks unstoppable the 49ers offense to me has looked inconsistent a little bit over the season I can see Jimmy G if the game is on the line the 49ers have the balls they're gonna win the game I've just seen Jimmy G do it all season but I just feel like if Kirk Cousins has the ball I can just see him winning the game on a game-winning field goal and pick the Vikings in this game you saying that statistic right there and immediately picking Minnesota because of this wild number is a lot like saying my day's going to be really good because I woke up facing the wall rather than facing my room in bed. I <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with the situation. I don't even know where this stat came from, but it's a weird <laughs> way to pick a game. <laughs> All right, and then we got the Titans visiting Baltimore facing the Ravens. Who you guys got? Give me Baltimore. I think Lamar Jackson is going to get his first playoff win. It's going to be much deserved. This is a good Baltimore team. I'll get more on them in a minute. But I think Tennessee, a lot like Minnesota, has kind of ran his course. They came, they saw, and now they're going to wave goodbye. I don't think so. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to come into Baltimore. They're going to see the, the Baltimore defense, and they're going to conquer it on the back of Derrick Henry and just barely eke out a win against the Ravens. I don't think Derrick Henry's going to get more than 75 yards in this game. 
the Ravens defense is going to figure out a way to stop Derrick Henry. And even if, I feel like Lamar Jackson is going to run all over this Titans defense. Give me the Ravens in this game. And then we got the Chiefs welcoming in the Houston Texans in Kansas City. Who do you guys got in this game? This is my Seattle-Philadelphia game from last week. I don't see any way that the Chiefs don't win this game. I think they're leaps and bounds the better team. I still am not impressed with Houston after their win against Buffalo. Like I said, I think Buffalo lost it before Houston won it. And now they're coming to Kansas City to play a very, very good-looking Chiefs team. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs, even though I have never been, haven't been like the biggest fan of the Chiefs' defense, as up until they played the Chicago Bears. Then I was sold. I was sold on the Chiefs defense. I was like, this defense is going to be solid. They're going to be great in the playoffs, and they're going to come. They're going to come in, and they're going to beat the Texans. It's not hard to make your defense look good when you're going up against Mitch Trubisky, though. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this one I'm definitely gonna have to pick the Chiefs too. The Texans, I think, are like the Titans, where they're very inconsistent at times, and I just feel like this Chiefs defense can shut down Deshaun Watson. And when you do that, the game's usually over. And then we have the Packers and Lambeau against the Seattle Seahawks. Who you guys got? Green Bay has been my Super Bowl pick now for about a quarter, half of the season. So I'm going to stick with it. Give me Green Bay. Talk about interesting statistics. Under Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks have been winless in Lambeau Field. Green Bay Packers have won every single game in Lambeau against the Seattle Seahawks, and I think they're going to do it again. Give me Green Bay. Was one of those games ever a playoff game? No, we're not. Interesting. I think the playoffs are always different, but I feel like because the Seahawks won't have a run game, that's the reason they're going to lose this game. I feel like also with that pass rush that the Packers have, I think they have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. And they're going to get to Russell Wilson. They're going to make him uncomfortable. He's going to throw a couple of interceptions, some turnovers. Really going to hurt the Seahawks in this game. I'm going to pick the Packers in this one. All right, real quick. So we pretty much picked our AFC and NFC championships. Who wins those games and then who wins the Super Bowl? Quick, Brandon. Packers over 49ers, Chiefs over Ravens, Packers over Chiefs. I'm gonna agree with you. Packers over 49ers. They're gonna get the re- they're gonna get the revenge game. Uh, Chiefs over Ravens, and then Packers are gonna beat the Chiefs. I will love that rematch. Wow, we're all three gonna have the same Super Bowl. I'm gonna have the Packers over the Vikings, Chiefs over Ravens, but I'm gonna pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm gonna okay have the Chiefs. That. But you know what's interesting? It's the hundredth year of the NFL. And what was the first ever Super Bowl? Packers Chiefs beat. Packers. Wouldn't that be awesome? Hey, who won that game? Okay, the Packers <laughs> won that game. But still, like, wouldn't that be awesome to end the 100th year of the NFL with the first ever Super Bowl matchup again? Oh, that'd be great. You ever think the teams ever have that in mind when they're going, like, teams like the Chiefs and Packers who've had history, they're like, oh, you want to you play so that way you have that sort of history that give, brings hype to the Super Bowl? I don't think that's really, like, the first thing on their mind. I no, think that's not, obviously not the first thing, but right. that has to be going through your head, right? I think Packers-Chiefs would bring in views. Yes. I would definitely watch that game. Well, of course, I'm going to watch the game no matter what, right. but that would be a great game. i love to see it. So now we're moving on to our last and final segment. It's time for Way Too Early Predictions. Today we're going to look over who are the top five draft picks in 2020. So we're going to look at the Bengals, Redskins, Lions, Giants, and Dolphins. In that order, top five draft picks. Who's getting drafted and who's going where? Justin, you want to go first, buddy? Yeah, give me this. So I will say this. This is way too early predictions i feel like there's a lot that's going to happen between the combine and different things that have happened 
like um we just seen before where like literally days before the draft something comes out of twitter or something and then a player drops five spots but this is just what we have right now so obviously i think we all probably have the consensus of number one overall pick it's going to be joe burrow unless the Bengals somehow find something on him i just don't see him not being the first overall pick Redskins, you have to pick the best player in the draft, in my opinion, Chase Young. That's just going to bolster your defense. That's not a big need, but that'll make them probably having one of the best front fours. You got to follow the 49ers and what they did. They drafted defensive linemen with their top five picks every year, and now they have one of the best front fours in the NFL. Yep. Just follow their lead. Number three at the Lions. Now, when it comes to number three through number five, Brandon, you said earlier, each team is probably going to get who they want. But I just don't know who that is right now. So right now with the Lions, I think they need secondary help. I'm going to pick Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, the safety. Then the Giants, I just love uh, A.J. Espenza. I think when they lost Olivier Vernon, they lost everything. And I think that was the same when they lost Jason Pierre-Paul. They need a pass rusher. They have to pick an edge rusher with this one. So they're going to pick the edge out of Iowa. And then the Dolphins, I think they got rid of Laramie Tunsil. I think they need a new offensive tackle. I would pick uh, Andrew Thomas here. Don't reach for a quarterback yet because you have two more picks left in this first round. I think you could get a guy like Tua with one of your last picks in the first round. So that's my top five pick. All right, so my top five. Um, Justin, I'm going to agree with you with your top two picks. Uh, I think Joe Burrow and Chase Young, are they're basically locked in for one and two. So for the third with the Detroit Lions, well, I see why you would choose, uh, you said Isaiah Simmons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of understand that you do, Lions need a lot of help in the secondary. I also wouldn't be opposed to Grant Delpit, maybe out of um, LSU. The New York Giants don't need a receiver. So yeah, I agree. AJ Espenza, I think might be pretty decent. And But honestly, for the Miami Dolphins, this is where I would take a receiver, and I would take Jerry Judy. Receiver in the top five, I think that's always dangerous. A lot of good receivers deep into the draft. Yeah, also they just re-signed Devontae Parker too. So and you, you want to get you also want to give Devontae Parker some help. You don't want to just have he, he does you want you don't want to have to just rely on him because we saw what happened in Green Bay when that happened. Well, that's true. It's always about best available too. For receivers right. the best available. What's this about the Giants not needing a receiver though? Who do they have? <laughs> Although, like you just said, they'll get receivers. I want yeah. them. I want them to get C.D. Lamb. I would love for them to get C.D. Lamb. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna go first round. I'm gonna agree with you guys. Burrow, Young, one, two. Yeah. I think that Cincinnati should take Chase Young. I'm a very firm believer. I said it a lot last year with the Kyler Murray Nick Bosa argument. Yeah, I think that Chase Young is the best player in the draft. You have to take the best player of the draft with your number one pick. If you put Joe Burrow, no matter how good he is in Cincinnati, he won't succeed. He'll play all right. Kyler Murray's playing all right. Yeah. But is he succeeding? No. And I think that he won't succeed for at least another five years. And I think Burrow's going to be a lot the same. If you're going to improve your team, you have to start with the defensive front. Like you said, a lot with the San Francisco 49ers. That's what Cincinnati needs. But they won't. They get Joe Burrow number one overall. Redskins steal Chase Young at number two. Then the Lions. A lot of holes on this Lions team. They have very few good players. And, you know, they need offensive firepower. They can't score points yeah and they have no offensive line none andrew thomas offensive tackle from georgia first offensive lineman in the draft easily the best offensive lineman in the draft and he gives lions a huge boost of leadership up front yeah then the giants again another team with a lot of holes but i gotta go with ohio state's cornerback jeff okuda okay i think here would give them a big bolster in the secondary give them a couple of pits to possibly turn the tide in a couple of games already after picking a corner in the first round last year yeah, I, you know, but hey, you need it. You yeah. Need, you need defensive backs, and yeah. a player like Akuda could play anywhere you want him to. Oh, yeah. 
And then Miami. Yes, they should wait. They should wait to get Tua, but they won't. They won't wait to get Tua. They get Tua here. They're going to go this ahead and is... get their guy. I think Tua is definitely going to Miami. Yes. I think that he would do very well in Miami. I don't think Tua is going to be great, but I think he will be great in Miami. Yes. He, that's the only team that I could see. Seeing Tua in a Miami jersey, I don't know. It'd be cool. This is like you with Will Greer going in the first round last year with the Redskins. <laughs> you just love it. Like, you see a player in a jersey, you're like, ooh, I like that. I don't care how high he has to be picked. You see, it's more like my lack of faith in disgruntled teams. Miami has been entering the rebuilding stage, and I don't think they've been doing a fantastic job at it so far. They're getting rid of a lot of the players for not enough. Yeah. I mean, Larry Tunsil, they got a great deal out of him, but still, your only offensive lineman. Right. And I just don't think that Fitzpatrick is a starter. He's a great backup. He shouldn't be a starter. Might as well just go ahead and bite your bullet and get Tua. I don't think I don't think Tua. I don't think it's gonna be Tua. Uh, I just Jake from from Georgia just announced that he's entering a draft. I feel like he's gonna be the one to go to the to go to Miami. I don't think it's gonna do well in Miami, but I feel like that's more viable for the Dolphins given you know Tua's going through through an injury. This is what I think. I think Jake Fromm is gonna go to New Orleans. Drew Brees is gonna stay around in next year. Coach up Jake Fromm, and Jake Fromm's gonna take over the Saints. That's my prediction on Jake Fromm. All right, everybody. Well, that's just about all we have here today. Blitz crew, as always, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, Ayende Roberts. Uh, this is our first podcast of the new semester. We'll definitely be back same time next week for our regular show. So thank you for watching. And as always, this has been Beyond the Blitz. Beyond the Blitz.